I really started growing my business and I started scaling up and I started, you know, really talking more about more advanced strategies or things that beginners maybe aren't ready for yet. And I, I was disconnected in that sense. And so having that survey, especially as I've scaled up, especially as I've grown, was one of the key ways for me to get back in touch and like understand what was it like again to be someone who's starting out. Are you ready to grow your YouTube channel this year? If the answer to that is yes, then I wanna help you actually go straight to the source. That is doing customer surveys. In today's episode, we're gonna be talking all about the value of surveying your audience to be able to know what type of video content you should make, know what's working and what's not working, and get an insight into how you're actually helping your audience move forward. My name is Heather Torres. I'm the host of this Think Media podcast. The the number one podcast to help you grow your influence on YouTube and then turn that influence into a high impact and a high profit YouTube channel. And if you're brand new to the podcast, we want to welcome you to the Think Fam. We love to see every single week your comments and your reviews on the podcast. So if you're brand new, I want to say welcome. Introduce yourself down in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube or if you like this type of content, you can leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Well, before we jump into today's episode, I do want to tell you about an amazing sponsor that we have for this podcast. And that is a way for you to be able to conduct your own video podcast just like this. Recording your video podcast with anyone from around the world has never been easier. You can send a link for up to nine people and they can immediately start recording using their own computers. No extra equipment or downloads required. With each of your guests, they actually are recording locally and it's studio quality tracks where editing becomes a breeze. You can split, trim, fade, and arrange each of the tracks to your heart's content. And then you can use PodCastle's AI-powered Magic Dust tool to automatically sweeten and equalize the mix. You make it sound really good and look really great. You can invite, record, edit, and polish all using PodCastle. And if you want to get started today for free, you can go to podcastwiththink.com. Now we are diving back into a three-part series that we did with fellow YouTuber and entrepreneur, Vanessa Lau. During the first part of the conversation, we talked all about how she broke her YouTube channel, what she learned from it, and what steps she's taken to move forward. In the second part of the interview, we talked about the five analytics that can help you grow not just your YouTube channel, but your online business. And then in today's episode, we're diving into how she used customer surveys to really start to understand who her audience was and how she could help them more. So we're gonna jump into the middle of the conversation that Sean and Vanessa Lau had about surveying her audience. And then afterwards, I have five tips for you for getting started with your first survey. Let's unpack that a little bit because, you know, one of the things we encourage Think Media Podcast listeners to do is to really understand their audience's problems and ambitions. That's a never-ending um, journey. And you mentioned this survey. I'm curious, um, the, the technical side, how did you share it? How did you host it? Did you keep it simple? Um, and is there any other ways you try to stay in touch with your community that our listeners could do to get a better pulse on maybe what kind of content they should be creating, whether or not they're even making an impact or they're completely out of touch. And mm -hmm. so uh, unpack that a little bit for us. Yeah, I, I actually want to take a step back. I love how you said out of touch because that's how I felt with my channel. 
And I think that's how like a good portion of my audience might've felt too, is like you get so consumed in creating content. And especially if you've done it for a while, you kind of assume, you know, everything and you're like, ah, I know what they want. This is what they want. Or maybe you outgrow like the, the initial audience that you might've attracted. So for example, for me, um, when I started my business and I still create content, it's very, it's very beginner friendly. It's really for people who are starting from scratch. But for me, me personally, I really started growing my business and I started scaling up and I started, you know, really talking more about more advanced strategies or things that beginners maybe aren't ready for yet. And I, I was disconnected in that sense. And so having that survey, especially as I've scaled up, especially as I've grown was one of the key ways for me to get back in touch and like understand what was it like again to be someone who's starting out? What are the questions that they have? Because I might think that it's an elementary question. And I like, you know what, like no one's going to, everyone knows this answer. Everyone knows this, but no, I know this, but the people that watch my channel don't know this. And sometimes as a content creator, especially if you've done so much content, you forget about it because you've repeated yourself so many times and you feel like, okay, well, I've already talked like about how to get your first 1000 followers on Instagram. So now I'm going to talk about how to get 200,000 followers on Instagram. Cause that's where I'm at right now. But like, come on, 90% of my audience does not have 200,000 followers. They just want their first 1000. And I need to keep repeating that and share that, like, and really focus on that. And so that's one thing that prompted me to do that survey. And so logistically how I did it was I, um, it was really easy. Like I just came up with a few questions to ask. Um, and then I put it in a Google doc, kind of got my team to review it. Um, and then afterwards we put it on a type form. So a type form is basically uh, a software that you can use. It's, it's like, you can use survey monkey. You can use anything. I use type form. You can use a Google, like Google questionnaire form as well. Just any type of form. Um, and then I just shared it with my audience. I posted it on Instagram and I said, Hey guys, like, I really want to know more about what you guys want from me. And obviously in exchange for your time, if you fill out the survey at the end, you're going to get a special link to an exclusive training that I have about like Instagram stories or something. So I gave people something in return. And I think that's what led to me getting a lot of responses. And I think this is important advice, especially if you maybe have a smaller audience or you're just starting out is asking someone to fill out a survey, especially if it's a comprehensive one, like maybe it's one that has more than 10 questions is time consuming. And if you want your survey to be successful and if you want a higher response rate, you got to exchange value for it. And it, and if you're already creating content anyways, just like give them an exclusive piece of content so that at the end of it, they get rewarded for that. Um, and so that was how logistically we did it. And we also wanted to keep the survey anonymous. So you might be wondering, well, how did you actually give them the training if it was anonymous and all of that? Um, what we did was we... We, we told everyone was anonymous so that they could be honest with me because I, I wanted that honesty. And then at the end, when they're done the survey, there was a thank you page that would pop up and the thank you page would have the secret link to the private training. Um, and that was that. And then they were able to access the training from there and the survey was a kept anonymous. I got all the results I needed. It was a win-win for everyone. Um, and that's kind of how I did it. Now, if you don't want to go the avenue of having a survey, I still think you should, to be honest, but you don't have to have a survey every single month. I think it's maybe like once every two quarters type of thing, because having too much feedback sometimes can also be a bit overwhelming as a content creator, but just like simple things, paying attention to your comment section, 
looking at your DMs. If you have a team and you've outsourced that a lot, then maybe get your team to fill you in. Or maybe at some point in your business, you kind of hop in yourself and look at the comments or whatever else. Like there's, there's, a, lo there's a lot of clues. Your audience does try to tell you stuff. You just have to pay attention to it. Man, the creator who understands the viewer best wins. And um, it could be so easy. You really dropped some powerful insights there. I think our action item of the week is survey your audience. I mean, get in touch and ask yourself and self-reflect, are you maybe out of touch? What's interesting is here at Think Media, I suppose this the first video was uh, ever uploaded uh, on the channel in 2010. So 11, 12 years into this thing, I think the wrong conclusion would be, oh, I get it now. Oh, I know now. Or I understand where people are at, just like you said. But we try to always remind ourselves and try to be kind of forever students and forever beginners in our own mind of understanding who's watching, how can we help, what are their pain points, what words are they using, you know. And one of the biggest bombs you just dropped was where you are might not be where your audience is. In fact, it probably isn't. And chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you might be growing a lot faster even than those that you're helping. And so you feel like if you've progressed in the last three to six months, you've you read six books, listened to this podcast every week, attended a conference, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, I assume everyone's, they're probably, you know, in step with me or similar to what I'm doing. Not, not necessarily, maybe, it depends on the niche, depends on what you're doing, but actually chances are you might be growing at a lot faster rate. You, you map that out over a couple of years because we've discovered the same. We start wanting to talk about the latest things we've learned and the latest things that we're so excited about when in fact those topics might not actually be the most relevant topics for the core individuals that we're helping at the highest levels. Or we get so niched into intermediate, maybe advanced content and your views could go down. Maybe that's okay if that was a strategic decision because it's always going to be a smaller audience that's intermediate or advanced. However, if you're just doing that because you just assume your audience is coming along with you, man, assumptions could be one of the biggest en enemies yeah. that could cause us to uh, you know, have our views drop or start getting, as you said, out of touch. And so I hope we can all implement a, a, a survey. Um, and you know, I've heard of mentors I follow. They try to do an annual listener or reader or viewer survey, at least an annual one. That's they kind of make a big deal, maybe give away some gift cards or, you know, to three people at the end, or I love the training idea. I imagine we'll be doing that in the next four weeks that will all be launched and out because, uh, that's a, that's a great, and we were already kind of had it in our queue to do one, but I think we'll give away a free, um, training at the end of that. Oh, it works super well. I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to get like a hundred people. We ended up like, we, I think we set the max, like, okay, the first, like once we get a hundred, we're going to shut down the survey within like less than, I don't know, six hours. It was like in the thousands. Cause everyone wanted that training. So definitely recommend that. I also want to add into something, um, when it comes to like beginner and advanced, sometimes I also find that you have to, this is where like social media platforms come into play. Um, and it might not be a hundred, like what I'm saying might not be a hundred percent accurate, but I also find that at least in my experience, it almost feels like the more advanced content that you do, sometimes YouTube like may not be the best platform to share that because you have to think like, okay, let's say if I'm sharing advice to help someone in the seven figure level, you know, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure if someone at the seven figure level is using YouTube to find content for 
them to grow their seven figure business. Maybe they're actually looking into podcasts or maybe they're looking into uh, a blog, like like Googling something or like something else. And so I think it's also sometimes important to understand, especially in your survey, like where your audience is hanging out and how they get their source of information and what level they're at in their knowledge. And you're able to kind of gauge and ch- like separate, you know, advanced content from beginner content, figure out what platforms for what purpose and who you're trying to attract with a certain platform. That's at least what I've noticed so far for me. Those are some very nuanced insights and some considerations. Vanessa, as we land the plane today, let's kind of future cast a little bit, especially along this subject of we're all now making plans. We're making plans of what can we change if we feel like our YouTube channel is broken? Um, what maybe is some external factors? We need to just give ourselves some grace and put things in perspective. But then, of course, we also need to always be evolving. The reality of this industry is it is highly competitive. In a way, you say, what isn't though? I mean, that's in a way like life and business is evolving. The market is evolving. Consumer interest is evolving. Um, And so I'm curious with a couple final questions. What do you personally do to spot trends in business and social media? Do you have routines? Do you have a particular things? What do you listen to? What do you read? Um, how do you do, do? Are you even concerned with maybe spotting trends? Or do you find that the fundamentals are are the most important things? How important being on the bleeding edge or cutting edge of business or social media is it to it? I'm just curious, the Vanessa Lau secrets to uh, stay on the cutting edge. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily go into trends that much, to be honest. Um, until my audience, until, until I start hearing the questions pour in. So for example, like, yes, let's say TikTok was trending, but at the time I didn't hear anyone in my audience ask me personally, my opinion on it. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's not something that maybe I I might dive into versus eventually more and more and more people started DMing me about it. There was a demand. I think that's, what's important is like, I really pay attention to what my audience demands are. And I kind of gauge if that, if that makes sense for me to talk about it or to step into it. And the reason why I'm saying if that makes sense for me is because I think that it's a bit dangerous if you're, if your growth strategy is to hop on trends, because there are going to be some trends that come and go. And at the same time too, there's also trends that, yeah, sure are trendy, but you might not be want to be like, you might not want to be known for that trend. Like what if, like, I always think about, like, I always kind of put a, a think of a scenario where like, okay, let's say, um, the topic of cows are trending right now. And I create a video about cows. If that video goes viral, do I want to be known as the cowgirl? I don't think so. So probably not for me. Or like a good example that I, I can bring up that was very specific to me because I was debating like, should I talk about it? Should I not talk about it? Was Clubhouse. Clubhouse was a, a platform that was popping off, um, you know, during the pandemic. And I was like, oh, wow. And I did see people asking me about it. But at the heart of it, I, I wasn't even using Clubhouse. And I personally am a very like video person. I'm not very good at like audio auditory stuff. Like I'm not a very good listener. I need to see someone. That's why like for Zoom meetings, if someone's camera's off, it's very, it's actually very challenging for me to process the information. And so just as a person, I was like, oh, I personally don't think I would be using Clubhouse myself as much. Um, And so 
I, I thought about it. And then I also asked myself, okay, if I, if I do talk about Clubhouse and that video takes off <laughs> or like if people want more of that, would I actually be happy with that? Or like, would I want to be known to, to pivot that way? Probably not. And so I, I didn't talk about it um, or I didn't like promote it as much. And lo and behold, I don't think Clubhouse is as popular as before. And so I'm really glad I, I followed my intuition on that one. And so I, I kind of pick and choose. Um, but definitely I look at a mix of demand and a mix of does this fit with like what I, I, what I genuinely am interested in sharing and talking about. Brilliant. Now, as we approach uh, 2022 and are even in a new year, what uh, is on your mind in uh, in response to your video? I messed up my YouTube channel in response to maybe some of the changes you've made um, and maybe just what are some of the details of your personal YouTube uh, game plan? This is another chance to, of course, let our community know about what you're doing um, and so they can follow you. I did see that similar to Think Media, you launched a podcast channel. You moved your content to uh, a podcast channel. We are in love with video podcasting. To your point, I'm similar. YouTube is my favorite platform to consume. As a YouTube premium user, I I love it when podcasts are on YouTube because I'll listen to them just in audio sometimes. I could be in my pocket or then I pull my phone out. Now I'm standing in line at the bank or something and I'm able to look at my phone. And so, yeah, what are, what are some of, what is your kind of cadence? What's a little bit of your YouTube game plan and what are some of the places people can follow you to stay connected with what you're doing right now? Yeah, I think right now I'm focusing more on YouTube. We did have a good run with the podcast, um, but I have since learned, I personally don't think at least like where my company is at and where my time is spent and the infrastructure and the offers that we have and the people that we're trying to target that it's a good time, at least in this season to like go all in on my podcast. Cause I had the same problem where this is when I launched my podcast. Um, I think it was like the second time I launched it and I still felt like burnt out. And, and that's kind of when I realized I haven't mastered my workflow for YouTube yet, to be honest. Like if I'm adding on this extra platform and it's adding this much more pressure, I don't, it tells me that something in the workflow needs some trimming down. It needs some more streamlining. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with batching is like still trying like three years in and I'm still trying to find my secret sauce when it comes to a workflow that works for me, that allows me to be consistent, allows me to not lose my mind um, with video uh, for YouTube. And so for me personally, no way, especially with the survey that we got. And it was just so, so clear to me that YouTube is our bread and butter. I'm going to be spending more time on that. Um, another thing too, in terms of like maybe trend or strategy or whatever else is focusing a little bit more on shorter form content is what I'm doing personally, because, you know, I don't know if you saw in the news or whatever else, but TikTok has overtaken YouTube in some sense of people spending more time on that platform. And to me, that doesn't tell me to like not do YouTube anymore. I think that's a huge, I think YouTube has its own place, but it tells me that people do like shorter form content. And I think it's kind of getting in that direction, especially, you know, as people are hanging out, like people just love that micro content piece pieces. And so what I'm focusing on is maybe trimming down some of my YouTube content and experimenting with that. I think the word experiment is key. So everything I say here, at least in this answer, it's me experimenting. Um, because what I noticed is a lot of my videos are 20 minutes long. Some, some of them are 30 minutes long. And when I look at the data, the average view duration is like people aren't watching half of the, like they're not even watching over half of the video. And so what I'm personally focusing on is trying to 
be more concise in my videos and try to get it more, get, get the information there in a more snappy way, not feel like I need to over elaborate or over explain all the time, really focusing on how can I make sure that people are getting the information in, in the least, not the least amount of time possible, but in a, in a very efficient way. That's kind of what I'm experimenting with right now on my channel. Some really powerful insights that I think we can apply to, uh, let our listeners know about that study. An app analytics firm discovered that Americans spend more time on TikTok. As of June 2021, they're watching an average of 24 hours of content per month on TikTok versus only 22 hours and 40 minutes a month on YouTube. Statistics only account for Android users in the United States. And the total watch time, of course, is dramatically higher on YouTube because there's still more users. But nevertheless, that is a massive data point that signals to us that uh, TikTok, TikTok being short form, and I think um, YouTube's answer or counter or one of the things they're doing in response to that is TikTok has TikTok and Instagram has reels and now YouTube has shorts <laughs> and uh, short form content is something that would be, I think, irresponsible for us to ignore as uh, or unwise for us to ignore um, in terms of where things are going. And I love how you said that is influencing your full length YouTube videos as well. It's a lot. We do the same. We do a lot of deeper trainings. It could, we could go 30 minutes. We could go 40. I have 45, 55 minute YouTube videos. Even cutting that in half is so significant in a world where a lot of people are uh, enjoying 15 to 30 second uh, short form content as well. Thick Media listeners, if you happen to be on uh, YouTube, I would be curious about what your strategy is for. Uh, 2022. Are you leaning into short form? Leave us a comment. And what is your thoughts on short form overtaking long form content? No matter where you're listening to this, if you've been getting value out of the podcast, please uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we appreciate it. And then Vanessa, YouTube, your main channel, that's where we can follow you to get some value. And then on Instagram, um, where are you at? Yep. You can just type in Vanessa Lau. .co. I'm sure if you type in Vanessa Lau, I'll be the first one that shows up. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today and adding so much value to our community. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure having all these strategy chats with you. Well, I hope that part of the conversation that Sean and Vanessa had brought you value. And I want to jump into um, five tips for you as you are creating your first survey. You know, here at Think Media, if you've been a part of our family for a while, you've probably seen one of our surveys. We try to intentionally do this at least once a year inside of our courses and also to our wider community, our YouTube audience and our social media audience. And there's a couple things that we've learned over the years when it comes to actually setting up a good survey. So tip number one is you want to actually have a goal in mind. What are you actually trying to accomplish with this survey? I loved how Vanessa said in hers that she was really wanted to figure out what video ideas should she be doing? What is making people want to come and how did they come to her content? What's keeping them there, right? Having a goal in mind uh, is really important. What are you trying to get out of the audience? What information are you trying to source from them? I also like the goal that Vanessa had of actually how many surveys was she trying to get? What sample size was she looking 
looking for. And, you know, she said that within just a few hours, they had exceeded their goal. So set realistic goals for yourself based on your audience size, but really be thinking about that. Do you want 50 spot responses? Are you looking for a thousand? Are you looking for 10,000? And then figuring out how are you going to get that response is really important. So that's tip number one. Number two is you wanna actually ask the right questions. So here at Think Media, we like to do what are called leading questions, open-ended questions. So rather than someone answering with a yes or a no, actually give them space to fill in the content for you. What does this mean? It means something like, tell me about where you're struggling on YouTube. And when they tell you about that, they're actually going to be using the words that you can then speak back to them in your videos. So if someone were to fill that out for us here at Think Media, tell me about where you're struggling with YouTube, it could be something like, I just don't feel like I have enough time to make YouTube happen. I don't really know how YouTube works. I'm really trying to figure out what my thing is, right? And instead of saying things like, I want to improve my time management skills, or I don't really know what my niche is. They're actually using words that a normal person would use, not a marketer like we are. So actually understanding what your audience is saying, where their pain points are is really key. Number three is you wanna maybe have some nice to knows. Now, the most important things are the actual answers to the questions, but maybe some nice to knows are how long have you been following me? Or what is your name? If you want it to be anonymous like Vanessa did, maybe you're not asking that, but if you do want to know what their name is, maybe you're asking for their phone number as well. If you want to put them on a text message list, you decide what the nice to know content is that you want, but instead of just getting the answers from them, also maybe think about how can I get to know them more? So maybe a nice to know for you could be what is your email address so I can send you that private link like Vanessa did. The fourth tip for you would be to encourage them to take action. Vanessa did this so well when she asked them for their survey in exchange for limited content or exclusive content to what she was doing. This is something we've done here at Think Media before. You can enter in the survey and enter to win something, like for us, a YouTube studio. But I think one of the first surveys we did here at Think Media when it was just Sean, Heather, and Omar, and we were just trying to figure this whole thing out, I think we did a $20 Amazon gift card. I mean, it wasn't crazy, but it was something that was able to give back to the audience. Or maybe it could be something like a $100 Starbucks gift card. You decide what it is and what works best for you. If you already have something that you could give away, maybe it's a low-end course or a module to something, or maybe it's a download that they could have, you decide what that is, but you're going to want to encourage someone to take action. Why? because people are bombarded with a lot of things all day long. So you need to incentivize them to be giving something back to you. You are asking something big of them. You're asking for their time. And so in exchange, you want to give them something in return so that they will give you their time. You can get the answers you need and you can help them in the future. And tip number five is that you want to use this data. Please do not take a survey of your audience and then not actually read it. This is where you want to set aside time to dig through the answers, maybe even print them out and get a highlighter and highlight words that you're seeing over and over again. Highlight struggles that you're seeing over and over again. Really use the data. Maybe you thought that your audience was actually more advanced than they were, like Vanessa's. She was moving fast, but her audience was actually still at the beginning stage. So maybe it's actually a check on you to figure out, wow, 
I'm moving faster than my audience is. Or like she said, I'm maybe not even putting the right content on the right platforms. So use the data wisely. And I would just say that, you know, when it comes to surveying your audience, there is no better gold than going right to the source. If you know who you want to help and you know how you can help them, you are in the right place if you are asking people questions that will help you get to those two things. Who do you help and how do you help them? Well, I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Vanessa and let us know if you're watching on YouTube, what other content creators would you like us to bring here on the podcast? I always love to see who you're following and whose brain you'd like us to pick. So let us know if you're watching on YouTube and I'd love to maybe bring that content creator on. Now, if you are already subscribed here on the podcast, I wanna say thank you so much for being a part of the family. Again, it means so much to us that you tune in every single Tuesday for the Think Media Podcast. That hashtag Tuesday ritual is so important to us. And I love to highlight different people who have been leaving reviews and rating the podcast over on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to us that you are there leaving those reviews to help other people learn if this is the right place for them. And today's review comes from Alan. Alan says, I'm starting a podcast. Awesome, Alan. This week, I have listened to you guys for about four days and I've gotten so much out of it. I've been going between YouTube and the podcast. I'd already had some prep work going for my podcast, but listening to you guys tells me I'm going to start it. It launches on Friday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Alan, I'm reading this and it looks like you left that review on February 1st. So I wanna congratulate you for starting your podcast. It's such a fun way to get to go deeper with your audience. And Alan, I wanted to say thank you for being a part of what we're doing here. We appreciate you so much and I am so excited for your future on YouTube and in your podcast world. Well, I wanna say thank you for listening to today's episode. You can catch all of our latest episodes on Apple Podcasts or on our YouTube channel, Spotify, wherever you listen to your audio at We Are There. And I cannot wait to bring you all of the content we have scheduled for this year. We'll catch you in the next episode. 